You're listening to the iFanboy Pick the Week podcast, episode 505, brought to you by iFanboy listeners just like you. Fanboy Pick Week Podcast, episode 505. My name is Ron Richards, and I'm here with Josh Flanagan. I feel like you're trying to make up for something with more enthusiasm. Yeah, a little bit. Very enthusiastic. Very enthusiastic. Unfor- what are we trying to make up for? Uh, we're ma- man down! We got a man down! Uh, unfortunately, our good friend Connor Kilpatrick can't be with us this week. Uh, he's a little under the weather, so we're going to power through. Uh, we are iFanboy, and we, for some reason, like comic books. And every week we read our stack of comics, no matter how small it is, and one of us picks our favorite book, and we call that the pick of the week. And we talk about that here on the show, as well as uh, other books, other stuff, and maybe get some uh, involve you, the listener in the show, uh, whatever sometimes, it is. Sometimes you scramble. Yeah, sometimes you scramble. Sometimes you just have fun. Let's have fun with it. Yeah. Let's just have fun with it, Josh. I'm um, having fun. So I want to warn you, we're going to talk about what happens in the books. It's often called spoilers, so if you haven't read your comics yet, you might want to press pause and go back and uh, read them and then come back here, or just have fun with it and go with it. Um, this week, Connor had the pick, but luckily enough, it's the same book that Josh would have picked, so he's going to talk about it. I can do that. I you have can. that kind of flexibility. Uh, yeah, pick of the week this week uh, is Captain America White number two, and you mean they got to be, you got to be saying they're, they're trying to make up for... Uh, a seven-year hiatus between I, zero and one. It's funny because when one came out, came out, I was like, "No, no way! This can be pick of the week. It's so late. Da da da. You can't encourage it." And then after reading the second issue, I'm like, "Yeah, this is really good." Th- that's the. I mean, that's the thing. That's the. Uh, what I wanted to. Pe- I wanted to penalize it. It's the. It's the quietly exemption. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There might be other people too, but it's like you know what? You take your time. Yeah. Make the book. We're, I think the quite. I think quietly is the best example. Okay. In in that, like, we'll wait. Yeah. Do what well, you need to. What about what about uh, Frank Miller and Jim Lee? I don't care about that so much. <laughs> There's Maybe. a new All Star Batman coming. <laughs> yeah, sure, there is. Maybe in a different time. Maybe in a different time. So uh, what we have here is is an adventure uh, from World War II. I mean, this is a book that's made for me, and and by extent, and also Connor. Yes. Uh, World War II Captain America story done in this beautiful. Tim Sale style with Dave Stewart on colors and 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 honestly Jeff Loeb just really digging into the time period. You know, it doesn't feel like a modern comic. It feels like a perfect comic for what he's trying to do. If that makes sense, you know, it, it doesn't. It, oh, it doesn't have that thing. Yeah. It doesn't have that thing where you're like, oh, this is Jeff Loeb. Right. Like, no, I don't. I don't feel like that. He's he's tapped into like a voice and a style that is unique and appropriate for this book. And you would think that. You know, I, I or readers would be tired of this by now, but I'm not. I really like these stories, and 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 you know, when well told and well, uh, you know, designed like this, you know, I, I don't get tired of them. Right. They're just fantastic. And then you've got this really interesting, um, uh, not conflict, but uh, friction between Captain America and and Nick Fury. And so you know that they're going to have to come to some sort of grudging respect over the course of this thing. But I love how the characters are all like rough and tough soldiers. They're all they, they're all giving each other guff all the time about stuff, you know. And and there's a lot of interpersonal stuff that's happening at the same time between all these people. Uh, and it doesn't help when the Submariner pops out of the out of the ocean. Oh, oh yeah, I have thoughts about the Submariner. But before we get to that, um, uh, I think I, f- I just find it really interesting. I mean, this is Captain America White, yet we've got you know Bucky narrating. Mm-hmm. And you got a whole lot of Howling Commandos. Yep. You know, like this just this doesn't feel like just a Captain America story. And I'm kind of waiting to see what the Captain America White designate. You know what I mean? Like what you know? It's it's by the way, it's not Bucky narrating. It's Captain America narrating. Is it? I thought it was Bucky yeah. narrating. No. If it hadn't been for you, Bucky, that's the first. Oh, okay. Wow, no, that, that just both, changes everything. They're both <laughs> talking about loss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So Captain America's talking because I mean we're leading up to the fact where he thinks that Bucky. Oh, I see. Yes, he's I still taking. You know, yeah. like that's his his yeah. that's his Uncle Ben. Right. Yeah. I see. Basically, I see. that's his his uh, or his parents. You know, yeah. whichever. Yeah. Um. Emotional moment with the with the shield. 
Yeah, yeah I, I, I really like that bit. So basically, uh, um, Steve Rogers is, is dragged to the bottom by his vibranium shield, and, and Bucky swims down to get him, and the only thing that he can do, because he's much smaller and he's a child, uh, is un, un, uh, cut the shield off and so that he can pull Steve to the surface. And there's this one moment where he's like, I, I had to cut the shield off. And all the soldiers look at him like, you dumbass. Yeah, and then Steve yeah. looks at him like that for like a beat. And then it's like it's what you had to do, and that that's what that's what really got me is the <laughs> is the idea of of holding you know like holding on to things and letting things go, and the the allegory of the shield as representation of a hope and dream and having to let things go and then you know like that, that it it it, it, t- it touched the emotional buttons, mm-hmm. you know um, yeah I thought that was well well done except it was all undone several pages later when. Uh, Submariner bursts out of the water and throws the shield back at Steve and then just goes back away. <laughs> well, we don't. We don't know that he went back away. He well, might, he's, he doesn't appear anywhere else in the book. He's standing. Well, I don't know. I mean, I thought that was him on the on the beach or whatever. Doesn't yeah. matter. He's a friend of. The, you know what? That doesn't bother me because the whole time that he didn't have the shield, I was thinking, well, they're gonna have to get the shield back. Yeah. No, and just, to me, uh, here's a, here's a, here's a here's a here's a MacGuffin. Here you go. Here's the shield. Well, Bye. you needed. I think you, I think you need you you needed to have that moment. Yeah, the emotional moment of of Steve, you know, forgiving him basically, but and thanking him at the same time. But it's Captain America; he's gonna have his shield back. So have that moment, whatever. This fixes it. Let's move along, um, and I'm cool with that. Can we focus on uh, Submariner's fingernails? Oh, I, whoa! I was focusing on <laughs> focusing on his lady face. Well, lady face, fingernails, coral necklace. Take your pick. There's a I lot going on on this one page. That's I don't have a problem with that. <laughs> I know. No, I it actually kind of works because he's you know he's the other. He's the yeah. At this point, you know, he was a bad guy to everybody except a few people. You know, yeah. if you were in the invaders, like he was an okay guy, he was still a jerk. Yeah. So if that those are you know visual cues, I don't care. You know, if Tim said you can do what you want. He puts a little divot in Cap's boot flap things. Yeah. Did you notice that? And uh, you well, know, I got I to give Tim Sale credit. I think the 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 best uh, little you know kind of uh, addition or whatever. And I don't know. Maybe you can tell me, being the World War II expert that you are, uh, mm-hmm. did Nazi tanks actually have little swastika hood ornaments on the guns? I don't think so because it's it's fantastic. I've never I've never seen it. <laughs> here's here's the thing I want to talk about is that it's it really easy for me to say. Oh man, Jeff Loeb really stepped up and he wrote a thing that uh, maybe I, I wasn't sure he was capable of. Yeah. Anymore, uh, which is which is unfair. But the other side, I haven't thought about Tim Sale in a long time. Right. And 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 I think that in that way, my opinion of him was lowered a little bit. I don't think of him as one of those guys that I really like a lot. But reading this, and and obviously help from Dave Stewart, yeah. um, boy, he really like he went all out. And that little bit on the tank, the little swastika on the tank muzzle, that's neat. Like yeah. it's just yeah. he's just he's playing around, and that shows me he's having fun. Right. You know, he's designing stuff. He's he's doing things his way. He's keeping it loose. I had a long time to think about it. I mean, we talk about thinking something for a long time. He took <laughs> nearly a decade. <laughs> When I when I think about what my life was like and the complete lack of gray hair when this started compared to that's a lot of time. Yeah, yeah. I just like, I just just like the idea of Tim, Tim, Tim Sale sitting at the drawing board chewing on his pen for four years just thinking about Nazis. Well, you know what? It gets the point across immediately. Yeah, it does. And it does it in a way that is, I was about to say playful, but... Like right away, you don't have to worry about who that tank is because there's a there's a big swastika on it, and and it's also juxtaposed right up against the the star in his shield. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So uh, it's it's great design. Yeah. Uh, this is really. I mean, honestly, there wasn't even it wasn't even another choice this week. Yeah. I, I didn't read many books, and I tried to. Well, that yeah, that was the that the first for whatever we talked last week. We talked about last week being a light week. This wow. was this was just like I, it was startling. I thought we were in for it. Yeah, you know what I mean. I, I thought this week I was like, "Oh, they're gonna, they're gonna get us." And then I was like, "Wait, that's that's." that I got five, yeah, like five books. Very I had strange. To like search for something else to read. Yeah, I mean, I, maybe it's you know New York Comic Con is next week. Maybe a lot of the you know the uh, releases are teed up for next week. You know, because they always like to make that splash before the con, even though it's useless and stupid. But um, yeah, I, I don't even know what was going on this week across the board. It was just like, oh, okay, so nothing came out. 
Um, well, not it was nothing, a, it was, but it was, very, it was very, a, very few. You know? It was like a proper fifth week, and yeah. they had nothing to fill it in yeah. because all of everything the Marvel and DC are doing is basically a fifth week event. Yeah, exactly. So it's not like and, they couldn't do another one. And the thing was, I even looked at, I, I like, I went through some of the indie releases, and I'm like, oh, well, let me take this opportunity to find something that I normally wouldn't read, and I was no. just, and not, just just crickets. You know, it was just it was it was nothing uh, nothing that moved the needle for me. So, well, which is sad. Well, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to read Gem. No. <laughs> no. You know, just because you grew up with something doesn't mean yeah. Well, doesn't mean it was good. Yeah. Uh, uh, or that, or that you need to do it again. Right. Sorry, that was <laughs> that was my deep inner inner monologue. Yeah. Every time I look at the Gem comic, like, okay, fine, I guess. I had a meal once. We should eat that again. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so we're old. Anyway, but that's so, what my five year old does. He looks at the. He looks. I I know that place. So yeah. we should go there again. Like that's his whole thing. That's how pop culture works now. Yeah, pretty much. There's this double page spread in, in the cap issue of them just looking up at the mountain in front of them. Yep. And it's all like negative space. It's yeah. fantastic. Yeah, it's really nice. Really, I mean, really. This is great, Tim Sale. If you could see this stuff from him, you know this, you know much more often. I think he'd be much more in the forefront of our minds of, oh, these are these are great artists. Well, and he's, he's, totally- de- he, he's definitely one of those guys who has gone away. I mean, I yeah. can't, I can't even think of the last thing besides this that he's done. I'm going to look up what he's done recently, that- but he's been. I mean, he's. I, I know you know like who knows what you know personal life or whatever is stuff has been going on or whatnot. But I mean, it has been a long time since we've gotten yeah. good. Uh, Tim Sale uh, artwork, you know. I think um, some people get to a certain point in comics, regardless of your talent or your affection for the art form, and you just go, "That's enough of this." Yeah. For now. Or, yeah. You know, and they'll they'll come back. They'll they'll do a thing. But I, I mean, I I don't know. I don't know Tim Sale. I've I've met him a couple times, but I can see that. I mean, that's just a there, guess. I, I believe there's a lot. I mean, it's tough. It's tough because you got to pay the rent and all stuff like that. But I mean, I think there is a lot to be said for the go away and the comeback. You know, and you see, oh, yeah. you, you see, you see it with music. You know, where mu- bands or musicians they'll put an album, they'll tour, then they'll go away for a year or two, and then come back. You know, and like and it's the kind of thing. And and even I mean, as much you know, as, as I'm loath to compare things to wrestling, but pro wrestling does this great, where you know they'll there'll be somebody, or there used to be at least. I don't know if they're still doing it or not because I don't. I was going to say, how do you know yeah. anything about yeah. how to talk to this? No, no, I don't know. How, yeah, but how it used to be is that there would be there was nothing better than the character that you like returning. The thing is you know in wrestling. Mean? Yeah. What is that guy doing? Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Because, see, in <laughs> comics, there's a couple of things that could happen. One, you you know, just say you're an artist that you can go do illustration jobs. You can take a yeah. job in animation or you know, whatever. There's all sorts yeah. of things they can do. Um, but in wrestling, you know. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you're not doing a lot there. Right. Yeah. I'm I mean, guessing there's. It's. I'm guessing that's a rough year. Like they get the call. Can you come back? I'm like, oh, thank God. <laughs> I was really, uh, and then there's bands, and bands go one way or the other. Bands either they're so successful that they can just do that, or or I I gotta go back and work. We're not making we're not making anything now. Strange, it's tough. Mm -hmm. But uh, but yeah, so yeah, yeah, but it's great. It's good to have him sail back, and hopefully this is the beginning of more because he he's always he's been a favorite. I mean, he's been a. You know, like the some of the some of the best stuff of the first decade of the two thousands have been by him. So sure, yeah. He really he really brings a, a when I when I was younger and, and the last time I read his stuff a decade ago, uh, I don't think I recognized the sort of golden age age influence that's going yeah. on. Oh, yeah. And there's a lot of it here, and uh, I like it. It's it's appropriate, obviously. I don't even think he had quite so much of it, but he's really playing in that uh, yeah. in a very nice way. Yep. Much the same way the writer is. Indeed, indeed. So, nice to see they still got it. So, last week, uh, Connor told me that I should read Grayson. I think it was Grayson 12. Um, He said I'd like it, and it was all the Robins. So many Robins getting together, and basically Dick coming back and them all being mad at him about about, uh, having him, fooling everyone to think he was dead. Um, So, I read it, and I liked it. So, I decided to read this Grayson Annual 2. It's 2? They must have had one come around right after the first issue came out. Um, and basically, this is uh, Superman, who has the Superman with no powers, or with the weird powers, uh, meets up with, uh, with Dick, uh, hanging out 
I, it's I, I'm not that mature. No, I want to be. You're not. Um, you know, and they have a little adventure together, and they fight some bad guys. And it, you know, at the core of it, though, it's a really nice um, the kind of story where you say, well, you take these two characters and put them in a room. And I realize I don't see a lot of stories where Dick Grayson is not with Batman or somebody else and Superman. Right. And they are both like, basically, they're two adults, and they both sort of come of age, and things are different for them now than they used to be. And so they have that in common. Right. And then neither of them have, uh, you know, Bruce Wayne because he's lost his, his mind or right. you know, his memory. So they have to, you know, they, they're sort of talking about that and working, working with it together. And they have to fight Blockbuster. And Superman is just like, I, I can't take him. Yeah. <laughs> I can't do it. Uh, you know, and so they work together. And, and it's, a, it's a fun little, little adventure. It's a really nice, uh, I, I think these two characters work really well together. And, and I got to give it to, uh, Tom King uh, scripts it, but him and Seeley plot it. Um, so dialogue-wise and, and, you know, conversationally, I, I think they did a really nice job. I think Tom King is coming along as, as a guy, obviously he's a guy to watch because he's been around for a bit. But uh, his books are getting better, I think. Cool. Um, so that's really cool. And, and the art was uh, totally simple but totally appropriate. I'm going back to the, it was a long book, so I'm going back to the beginning to see what the name of the person is who drew it. Uh, but I liked it as well. I'm talking about Alvaro Martinez. All right. Alvaro Martinez. So, so did this, I did not read this, but does it, so was there any sort of like um, tying thread to all the annuals that DC released this week, or are they all kind of standalone stories? This is the only one I read. Okay, uh, it doesn't seem like it's related to anything else. In fact, it, it oddly enough, it seems quite seems to fit in quite well with um, sort of where I am on and on that last Grayson book I read, and where Superman is in action in Superman. It. it it, it was not confusing right. in the area and time that it took place. There's this really great, <laughs> this is a great bit where uh, Clark lands on the, like he saves, I'm sorry, Dick, Dick Grayson jumps off something you know, to do his acrobatic flips through the air, and all of a sudden Superman bounds out of nowhere to, to grab him and save him because he doesn't know who he is because he's got that spiral thing messing up his face and so right, he can't right. see it, which, by the way, I don't believe Superman's eyes. Well, I guess a depowered Superman might work. Anyway. And uh, and and he, and, Super, and Dick's like Superman. Don't worry, it's me. And he and he says who it is. And and then uh, Superman just sort of bounds in from off panel and gives him a big bear hug. Like it's very it's very sweet. And he's like, oh, I'm glad to see you. And 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 all the Robins in the last issue got mad at him. So right. you know, it's just Superman's sort of unbounding love, which I think is is you know, <laughs> no, like like part of. The- <laughs> No, I just, I just all of a sudden, I just pictured a new, a new, uh, new series called Superman's Unbounding Love. I like that. I, <laughs> yeah. I like that. Like he's a character, and he, he just he like loves humanity, and his his family and his friends are all important to him, and and that's that he expresses that, and I think that's that's a great way to go with that character as opposed to what some of the films seem to be showing. He's in he's in touch with his emotions. Yeah, he, he's not uh, he's not uh, afraid to emote, afraid to show some you know. Uh, yeah, that's nice. He's he- more human, almost. He's more human than human. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, yeah, I, I think it's, I don't know if it's more, because the idea is that he's an alien, but he's totally kind of like a human. He doesn't act like an alien. He wants to be part of these people. Right. Um, it was good, and there's some really nice storytelling in this, too. Um, you know where sometimes people try to be fancy with their layouts and it, it fails? Yep. Uh, they do, he, he goes for this a couple of times, and it actually works really well. Um, so I was impressed by that. All right. Grace right. Annual, too. All right, then. What else you got? Why did you put these all in a row that I have to keep talking? I don't know. All right, I'll bounce. Uh, so, yeah, so uh, Archie number three uh, came out this week as well. With uh, Still with, going with this. Still going with this. You know, now, Wade, Wade and Fiona Staples. Um, you, very, you were very much along with me, I think, on the first one. You were like, I read it, and it's a thing, and I can see why someone might like it. Yeah, and the second one, I was just like, okay, enough of this, whatever. But this, I actually really like this one. I re- I really like this issue because this uh, as some of you may may or may not know and and Josh I think you're you're very familiar with this I, I have a bit of a uh, affection for the uh, the teen drama um, not so much teen drama but just any sort of melodrama or anything like that you know after watching ten years of Beverly Hills 90210 it became ingrained in me um, and uh, this issue actually felt a lot like watching that kind of show. You know, uh, I mean, so, you know, the situation that we have here is, you know, that, our, you know, Archie and Betty have broken up and it is done. And now uh, new girl Veronica, Veronica Lodge has moved to town and Archie is Gaga for her. 
and uh, through Archie's, you know, kind of uh, position as the as the class, you know, kind of, um, you know, he he for new students, he's he's got to introduce them to the school, you know, show them around that sort of thing. He's leveraged that to build a relationship with Veronica, and Veronica is, you know, is a you know a classic rich, you know, kind of not very nice girl, um, and she detects that Archie's, you know, kind of enamored with her, and then takes advantage of it and has him carry her stuff and all that sort of stuff. And Jughead sees this, and Jughead wants to do something about it and Jughead is secretly plotting to try to get him back with Betty and so Jughead spends the issue trying to get Betty to come on board to help save Archie and it's not until uh, Betty and Veronica have a interaction in the girls bathroom and Veronica rubs Betty the wrong way not like that I mean in terms of how they talk uh, then Betty decides that she's in and she's on board and that now the story goes off from there and it's just you know it's classic drama kind of conflict and you know in teen dating and all that sort of stuff and it's very you know it, you know it's very kind of innocent and very, you know, in that archy kind of way, but it's also current. You know, it also feels of of today as opposed to of 50 years ago, which is what the whole purpose of the series does. Um, so, yeah, and I, I enjoyed it. I thought it, was, I thought it was a blast. It felt very natural. There wasn't any millennialisms. There wasn't any, you know, like there, it, it, there wasn't any, you know, like, tr- you know, Mark Wade trying to be too young or whatnot. It was just it was just a good story. You bros should crush that. Sex. Yeah, Exactly. Exactly. There was no, you know, like, you know, like it wasn't, you didn't have, you didn't have Betty saying I'm V mad right now, RN, you know, like and all the, you know, all the bullshit. I can't, I wouldn't even, I oh, wouldn't even know. Yeah. I don't even know it to fake it badly. Oh, it's awful. Um, but uh, we're so old. Get off my lawn. I, I'm telling you, there is like a, I've, I've, for the, in the past like six months, I've like sensed like, oh, there was a cultural shift. Yep. And I am no longer part of this. Yep. Yep. Like not even like. Oh, that's different. It's not what I'm used to. It's like I don't even know. Yeah, I know. It's sad. And it happened very fast. Yeah, nobody wants to hear that though. But um, sorry. Yeah, sorry. Anyway, but yeah. So Archie, I'm enjoying it. I'm, I'm still, I'm, I'm on board. And and uh, I felt the art was slight. The art and the coloring was. Slight. I had some issues with the last issue with the art and coloring, but um, I felt as if it was kind of back on track here. And uh, the whatever you know, whatever adjustments they made over the last issue seemed to seemed to be working. And you know, yeah, I enjoyed it. It was enjoyable. I'm so out of it. I'm in it. <laughs> you wish. If you are a long-term listener and long-time listener, and you know what that's from, yep. I would be very impressed. How's that? Yep. Here's your iFanboy challenge for the week. There you go. All right. So, uh, what can you tell us about sex? Sex twenty-four. Yeah. I uh, I like this book a lot. I have for a while, but I, I will say it does feel a little like, okay, get on with it. Get along in the tooth. A little. It, there's, there's, something has to happen now. That has to be a shift. Yeah. All these things are being set up, and it's being very deliberately plotted, and it's going along, and I like it a great deal. I really like the style of it. Uh, it's been nice and consistent the whole way through. Um, but uh, in this one, at the very end, there's actually like a like uh, Simon Cook, who is the the Bruce Wayne analog, I guess, uh, shows up at the Catwoman's place, uh, and and basically like he he acts like his. His former alter ego, basically, instead of being wishy-washy or if he stands in the shadow and he's super confident and he tells sort of what he wants to happen, you know, and, and uh, I really liked that because it felt like we, we stepped forward finally right. a, a little bit. Um, and it's, it's still a fun book. I think it's super, it's, I feel like it's the postmodern superhero book. As I've said before, like, I feel like, okay, you don't need to do this anymore. It's been solved. With everything else that came before in this, I get it. Like, there was a long time we just hinted at the sexuality being sort of behind things. And here he's just like, no, no, here's, they're all, they're all perverts and it's messed up. It's all printed out there. Yeah. yeah. And, and the, the, the big crime guy who, the, uh, the scaly faced dude, uh, he's actually going to die. So then that's going to change things and and move things around, which is what I want. I want, I do, I want it to go to the next act, basically. Yeah. I mean, I feel like the end of this was, was saying that it's going to happen with him and then the other, um, the sidekick kid who's in the the gang, the breaks, who talk like talk like eighties street villains. <laughs> nice. I mean, they're they're this close to wearing like the cut off uh, jean jackets with no <laughs> sleeves. The classic DC thug. Yeah. And the whole gang of them. All right. Well then. Um, cool. So, uh, moving on from sex, uh, a good a good way to get me to read a book is to put Howard the Duck on the cover. Um, Has that always been the case? No, well, yeah, yes. Because you saying that, it sounds weird. (laughs) (laughs) But um, uh, Shield number 10, I have not been reading the Shield series. 
uh, as you know, as the it says portrays this on the cover. This is my question. Yeah, as it as it says on the cover, inspired by the hit TV series. Is Mark Wade still writing this? Mark Wade. Uh, we got art by Evan Shaner. So there you go, a little oh. Doc Shaner art going on there. So like that that that, that had me interested, you know. So sure. Howard the Duck, Doc Shaner. All right, cool. Bring me on. Uh, this is weird. Mm-hmm. This whole thing is just weird. Um, you don't be- watch the show, or you watch the show reluctantly. I, I watch the show. Uh, what's what's the step before reluctantly? Apprehensively. Okay, let's go with apprehensively. Or, like or, uh, reluctantly is you don't want to. Apprehensively is like I'm doing this. I'm not sure if I want to, but I'm doing it. I don't know if it's that. I mean, I want to, but it's not good. So I don't know what <laughs> that is. Comic books. Yeah, that's a comic book. There you go. Uh, but anyway, but I'm still watching it because I really like Clark Gregg. Um, but yeah, so, but this is weird though, because it's like the characters from the TV show, but they're in the Marvel universe and on the TV show, they don't wear the shield uniforms, but in this, they're wearing the shield uniforms and it's just very weird. And then you throw in Howard the duck and that makes it even weirder. And you throw in kind of a a multiverse esque adventure. And that's weird, especially considering that, uh, is the battle world. And it's like, where does it fit? And all I'm just confused. So I tried to, I tried to not think about it. I tried to not try to, you know, understand it and just roll with it and it was fun and uh at one point um uh howard and uh fitz who's the shield agent uh run into a uh a group of uh howard the duck amalgams from around the multiverse who are uh who (laughs) who are uh on a task to save the multiverse as well and you've got uh you've got strange duck dr strange and uh the ever-loving blue-eyed howard the duck and uh, and Howard the Duck, Thor, and right, and Robo Duck, which is kind of Disney esque. Um, but yeah, they get away with that. Now. I don't. Yeah, I don't know how they got away with that one. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a big Transformer Duck, and and I'm pretty sure they did that with a Destroyer Duck or whatever. But uh, but yeah, no. So this is this is kind of you know Mad Cappy multiverse fun, which is always a good time. And Wade knows how to write that. And um, yeah, no, it, was, it was enjoyable, but it's not going to get me to read the series, unfortunately. So. <laughs> I like that you went back in at ten, though. Yeah, I just dove in. I was like, yeah, I, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll sign up for this. You know, like I'll, I'll, you know, I'm not gonna subscribe, but I'll, I'll give it a shot. Mm-hmm. So I did that. So I took a risk. I took a flyer. I enjoyed the art. Uh, uh, Shaner is great. I mean, he's really good. I'm really um, glad to hear that. Yeah, and it's good to see him getting, you know, like, you know, like regular work. And I don't know if he's the regular artist on this or not, but he should definitely be the regular artist on something. So. Yeah, yeah definitely. No, that's good to hear. You don't want to hear a guy that you, that you liked and you, you saw him sort of come up and then go, yeah, he didn't do good on this. Yeah, yeah, man, no, he's delivering. So yeah, good all right, job. cool. Yeah, all right, well, let me let me do this next bit. All right, sure. Uh, uh, you can. Do you like? Do you like what you, you like what you're hearing? I can't, I can't imagine you are. Uh, but if you do normally, and the three of us here at full strength and not uh, trying to fill time on a, on a week that six books came out that we wanted to read uh you could help support the show at ifanboy.com slash support i think you see why i don't work for npr um there you can uh, either go to our amazon link where things that you buy on mega e-retailer amazon.com uh we get a little piece of that and that helps uh greatly that is actually a, a really uh wonderful source of revenue for the show and we appreciate when you do that and and best you don't have to do a thing. You just do what you're normally doing. It doesn't cost you anything, so it's great. However, if you would like to be more direct, if you want to say, hey, listen, I don't want to give Bezos any of that. <laughs> I want you guys to have everything. Then you can donate directly to this show uh, at $3 a month or $30 a year we have it set up uh, via PayPal, or you can just uh, donate whatever you want. You could do that if what you're listening to is uh, important to you. If it's a part of your week, it's a part of your comics experience, part of your pop culture life, and uh, I think for a lot of you it is. Just yeah. saying. Uh, and I, you know, we, we do the same for shows that we find important. So, uh, spread it around, support the things you love. And we thank those of you who do very, very much moving on. Speaking of that, speaking of that, let's take a moment. uh, What shows do you support, Josh? Uh, I support, uh, I I send this American life money. I send NPR money in general. I send money to, um, what's that other one? Radio lab. Uh, I've sent money to hardcore history. Nice. I've sent money. I've sent money to Mark Maron. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure, yeah. He, I'm sure he appreciates that. Yeah. Well, he used to ask for it a lot more. Now I think he's yeah. doing okay. Yeah. He's got a little bit of that ad flow coming now. So yeah. that's good. Yeah. So, so I definitely, uh, it's one of those things that I kind of remember, like, I haven't done that in a while. So yeah. I, 
I kick some over that way, but uh, I think it's important. It's yeah, no, a big, I, I agree. It's a big I agree. part I, of this economy now. Yeah, no, I, I am a I am a proud supporter of the Bowery Boys podcast, which I love. Um, hey, uh, New York. Yeah, exactly. New York City history. I'm a proud supporter of our friend Tom Merritt over on the Daily Tech News Show. I I, I, I stepped in. I'm one of his bosses, so that's good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, it's a great it's a great way to support uh, support people who make content you like. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, definitely. Because yeah. uh, I don't know if you've noticed, but uh, we don't bring in Budweiser. Yeah, is what exactly. I'm saying. <laughs> and honestly, if Budweiser came and advertised, I'd probably say no. Yeah, we've you said know? no. We have said no. There, yeah, people. The the stuff we've said no to, people would be amazed by. I think. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, that's not really a good fit for us. Thank you. Right, exactly. um, but that's because the people are supporting the show. Right. Uh, anyway, enough of that. Let's talk about Superman. And I wanted to, uh, I guess, check in. I have been, I've been sticking along with Superman and Action Comics. Um, action Comics is uh, is Greg Pak and Aaron Cooter. I like that team a lot. And then over on Superman is uh, Gene Lun Yang and uh, John Romita Jr. Right, and that's the one that's been a little rocky, right? Well, the first issue was weird. Yeah, it was it was weird. It was like I, I like there were things I liked in it, um, but it's getting like it's getting better. Right, I'm we're getting. It's still weird, but in a way that, like, this is a guy who doesn't write mainstream comics. He's, you know, he's, he's an award-winning cartoonist who does wonderful graphic novels and has been doing them for a very long time. Right. Um, and I'm a big fan of his work, um, but it's not structured like a regular, you know, sort of DC comic superhero book. So I think, it, on the one hand, he was working to try to fit into that mold, and on the other hand, I don't think he does right. entirely. So he's working, it's sort of pseudo-mainstreamy. Um, and it makes the pacing and structure a little weird, but it's getting there, and it, it's much more cohesive than the first one was. Right. Um, and oddly enough, I'm really enjoying John Romita Jr. on this. It's funny because it's like it, it, I tried to read a couple of John Romita, uh, Jeff Johns, and, I, and you know me. I mean, Superman has sure. never really connected with me, uh, but I did enjoy the art. Like you know, yeah. I I think I got off the Romita train for a while. I was we I think we were all really into him, and then he did a bunch of stuff that didn't feel like the right fit. Right. I mean, this is fun. It's kind of once you sort of accept, you know, what Superman looks like, which is hard because he's got a dumb uniform on. Um, this has been playing to his strengths a lot. Right. Lots of big motion lines and and things bashing into other things, and and uh, I actually am really enjoying it. Um, again, you know, it's a little getting long in the tooth. Right. In, in that. You know, super, Superman. Like we need to, we need to do something about this issue he's having, and I, we've lived in it long enough to understand it. Um, but they're going after basically the people are going after people he loves because he can't, he can't uh, protect them anymore in the same way that he used to. And he put up a. <laughs> this is going to even seem out of character, but he put up an a interview or a video on the internet that basically tells people, "I've made a lot of enemies as Superman. You all know that I'm Clark Kent." But uh, if you come after the, after the people I care about and love, uh, I'm warning you, uh, stay away from them. Whatever harm you do to them, I will revisit upon you a thousandfold. You hear me? Stay away. End of video. <laughs> and, then he, and then he takes off and he yeah. checks into like a, a crappy motel with cash. Jeez. <laughs> oh, and so it's wacky, you know, but, but I, I, I want to see where it goes. I just read, um, I finally got through uh, Yang's Boxers and Saints. There's a graphic novel set that he put out yeah. uh, a year or two back. And like it's strange and interesting and kind of and violent and it's all these things at once, and I feel like there's little touches of that in this, and and so it's kind of fun to see what they do because it's such a big property and they're just like you do it, right? Okay, um, so yeah, cool. Still with it. All right. Um, well, I'm gonna jump uh, jump ahead a little to talk about uh, the ease for extinction and inferno finales uh, in Battle World. Um, and we get, uh, you know, this is another taste we talked a little bit of last week as they're wrapping up these miniseries as presumably Battleworld and Secret Wars is coming to an end, although, you know, uh, Marvel's having a hard time coming to terms with that themselves, apparently from the release schedule, it sounds like. But, uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, this is another case of, uh, let's just end this abruptly. <laughs> and we were all X-Men, you know, like, it's just like, kind of, you know, they all just kind of wrapped up that way. And it's the one through line that I can tell through a lot of these X-Men related um, uh, Battle World books is just like, everybody really likes to kill Cyclops. It's weird. Yeah. That, <laughs> it's weird that he's become what he's become. And, and people yeah. really 
really got on board with that. Yeah, exactly. So he doesn't he doesn't actually die in Inferno number five, but in E for Extinction number four, he gets blinked out pretty quickly in the battle. Um, as uh, the 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 battle against Cassandra Nova Cassandra Nova continues, and um, it was uh, I, as a Cyclops fan, I, I always I, 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 it makes me it makes me blanch a little every time it happens. Because well, let me I, ask you this: Yeah, I've seen him die many times many in the past times. couple of months. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Cyclops. I know you're a Cyclops fan, but do yeah. you feel that the character of Cyclops, as he's being written in all these many books? is consistent with your idea of who that character is? Um, sometimes, sometimes not. I mean, these Battle World books are unique because they're all sure. different interpretations and things like that. Um, but yeah, no, it's been a rough... I mean, admittedly, it's been a rough go for the character. And I guess... I mean, and it seems like coming out of Battle World that, like, the mature Cyclops, you know, the, that, that I've, I grew up with is indeed dead because he died in the pages of Secret Wars. Mm-hmm. And it looks like they're just focusing on... Time displaced young Cyclops, which I guess is a good idea, you know. But uh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, it, it's the it's the Peter Parker thing. Yeah, they they just said no. We we brought him too far along. We're backing it up. Yeah, exactly. And I I get that. I guess it's yeah. fine. It, it's funny because in, in Civil War they basically they almost turned Iron Man into a bad guy. They weren't trying to, but that's kind of what happened. But it didn't take. Yeah. But whenever they did that, they did that with with Cyclops and you know whatever their version of the Civil War is, like it took. Right. <laughs> now he's now he's sort of. I mean, they basically turned him into a Magneto. Yeah, pretty much. So which is interesting, at least. Yeah. Well, Fair enough. All right. Um, did you read anything else? I did. I read Rasputin number nine from Alex Gresham and Riley Rosmo, um, and I just wanted to check in that I still really like this series a lot. Um, basically, they've, they've got they, we're in present time now. And he's he's shacking up with a with a politician, and there's uh, a reporter who came along and sort of like intimated that he was involved with the uh, Kennedy assassination, which did not happen in this world. He stopped it because he he brought he brought him back um, before anybody thought he was dead. And so the reporter shows up to talk to. Wait, that might be the last issue because I read two in a row. It is. That's is totally this, the last issue. <laughs> is this the last issue? <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, th- that was eight. So oh, that I was okay, eight. Yeah. So I read eight and nine yeah. together. This is sort of a background story about one of the other characters following that other one I just talked about. Whatever. That brings us up to date. Yeah. Um, they keep doing these great sequences that have no – they don't have a ton of dialogue in them. And they're, they're, he's just letting – basically he's just letting the artist depict the things he needs to without having to explain a lot of things. Right. Um. But there's the, I don't know what his name is. This is one really big, tall character who's been in Rasputin all along. He's also immortal, um, but he's like eight feet tall and he, he has a mustache. Uh, and Rasputin goes in and just starts to attack him. And as he's doing that, we see in the flashback how he got his immortality. But it's sort of like a, like a Russian fairy tale kind of thing. Um, so they're all over the place they're in, with this book, playing in sort of modern history and then in past fairy tales. A lot of the things, if you liked Proof, where we first met these two creators, um, this is definitely... I think this should totally be up your alley uh, because they're mixing in actual history in addition to sort of fairy tales isn't exactly the word, but mythology and, and things like that. Um, cool. I really like it. Awesome. All right, then. Um, cool. Well, those are the books that came out this week and uh, the ones that we enjoyed, the, the, the few, the, the few, the many, the proud. Um, we, so we clearly we, 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 got, we got a little uh, short. Uh, we're short on things to talk about this week. Um, so we thought we'd uh, take a look at our bookshelf. And, you know, previously we used to talk about the uh, – we used to do a book of the month segment and talk about a graphic novel. Um, we haven't done that on a regular basis, but we thought uh, there was, it would be a good opportunity to talk, a book, talk about a book that we all got and read almost a year ago now. Um, that for me was my my best book of the year for last year. And very specific to you. Very specific. And, and the, the book is entitled Robert Moses, the Master Builder of New York City, and was published by Nobrow, which is one of the uh, most probably most interesting publishers out there. Um, and as you can imagine, it is a uh, would you call this a biography or how would you describe this book? It's not so much a biography, but the story of uh, Robert. It's pretty Moses. much a biography. Yeah, or it's, it's, a biography it's almost yeah. like a like a, a historical telling rather yeah. than it is a biography. I guess that is the same thing. Yeah, but a biography, a bi- biography sort of gets to know the man, and this is actually a little distant. Yes, in that sense, um, and, it, and, and and it turns on him towards the end. Yeah, 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 fa- yeah. With with fairness, yeah. Um, 
So yeah, I guess it's, it's, more, I guess the, it's more the story, the story of, of Robert Moses. Yeah, I think that yes, I think that's probably correct. And and you were like, I think you were upset that you weren't on the show to be able to talk about this. I was really upset. Yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah. Can I? Because you were like, can I come on? And I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> As, as happens. Yeah. Well, so so for those who don't know, Robert Moses was uh, worked in politics in the New York City area, uh, mainly in and around uh, city planning and urban development. Um, some people, uh, some people, you know, uh, herald him for the, the the things that he brought to New York City. Many people hate him for the things that he brought to New York City. <laughs> well, that's what's interesting about it. Is yeah. in that world, like there's both both sides are are valid. Yeah. And you really get a sense of the. And the magnitude to which this this man affected the the world yeah. ar- around the city. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and you know some some of the some of the projects that he worked on and some of the, you know he had a, he had a, a unbelievable ability to get things done in New York um, to get things uh, across and you know just some of the things that that he's known for you know you know the the development and building of Lincoln Center. Um, Shea Stadium, where the Mets played for years, uh, the World's Fair in 1964, um, Jones Beach, uh, uh, the, the parkways of Long Island, the Northern State and Southern State Parkway, and the Robert Moses Causeway, which is named after him. Uh, you know, uni- the United Nations, uh, the, the West Side Highway. Uh, yeah, you know, um, things like that. Just like he, you know, he was a real visionary who saw the the emergence of the automobile and worked uh, to, you know, to kind of modify New York City to support, you know, kind of automobile transportation. Transportation, you know, much to the detriment of a lot of people uh, who, who, you know, who fought it because they didn't want to see, you know, the freewayification of New York City as well. Um, but yeah, so this this graphic novel uh, was uh, done by the team of Pierre Christian and Olivier Balez. So uh, you get a, you get some French creators there who are writing about New York City. And uh, and No Brow's a, a British uh, publisher. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Although they have a, they have a U.S. presence here now. Sure, but you yeah. know the the back of the book is is in yeah. is in Great British Pounds first, and and you know that's where they're located. But uh, I mean, I think it just it goes to set the sen- like look at the sensibility of what that is, and it's it's definitely it's interesting because it's an outsider's perspective. It isn't yeah. written by a lifelong New Yorker, as far as I can tell. It doesn't seem to be. It it's, is not. It's, yeah. It's it's got, there's a little bit of a distance to it, which I think gives it a, a neat perspective. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I found the art style to be um, honestly very, very Darwin esque. I can see that. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Can, I can definitely see that. You know, fe- feels a little feels a little Parker ish. You know, mm-hmm. um, in terms of the in terms of the cartooning approach and and you know, and a lot of this is you know there are real people and and uh, the artist is, is does a very good job of actually you know like there's a mo- moment where you know Walt Disney gets mentioned and, and is in it and, and, and that looks like Walt and yeah he's you know, cartoonified them yeah yeah exactly but uh but, but it's also a really subdued color palette. Um, yeah. On these, I mean, in general, like this is a really nice physical package. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure what you call this cover, but this sort of a textured cloth cover that's been sort of coated, I guess. Yeah, I love it. Um, oh, the and these really, so good. these really neat printed end sheets uh, with like the maps of the city yeah. uh, and all the parks and 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 call you know the roadways that he built and all this different stuff. Well, here's, here's uh, one of uh, my favorite things: uh, uh, stick your nose in the book and smell. Yeah, no, I've been. Yeah, I'm, you're yeah, oh, you're ahead of me. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Nice uncoated paper. It's yeah. uh. It's a really, it's a really nice package. It's one yeah. of the nicest books I've I've held in a while, and and I think the the two of us, uh, you just said you donate to the Bowery Boys or whatever. But like, yeah. it's New York City history is really fascinating, and like this is a guy that he's like a rich person, yep. And and his motivation is not entirely clear, right? Like he wasn't doing this to make other people rich or to make himself rich or whatever. He was doing it because he thought it was the thing that you should be doing. Yep. It seems like yep. I don't know for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, he he didn't hold. He wasn't. He wasn't the mayor. He wasn't the governor. He wasn't any. He was like a civil servant guy who made this his work, but gathered so much power that he could get all these things done. And it's really, it's it's fascinating. It's sort of like this is how politics actually worked in this place at this time. Right. Yeah, and, and if you have any interest in city development or New York City or history of stuff like that, I mean, it gets it gets. They do a good job of. Describing how stuff happened and how it worked without getting bogged down by the details, mm-hmm. you know. So it's almost like it's it's a very it's a very light tour through that world, you know what I mean? Through that world, um, and yeah, I, I just I, I adored it. I mean, I thought for you know it it is an area that is near and dear to all of our hearts, like you, you're mine and, and Connor's mm-hmm. as well. But um, but I think just anybody from a casual standpoint and from a graphic novel standpoint um, can appreciate it for this because it does tell the story really really well. Yeah. So yeah. 
So yeah, so it's called Robert Moses Master Builder New York City. It's from Nobrow. You can get it on Amazon um, or you know order from a, uh, from your local comic book store or whatnot. Um, really great book and support Nobrow. Check out Nobrow's books. We know we you know we're often so. Um, you know, we're so focused, focused on the recently, on the weekly. Exactly. Focused on the issues, focused on, you know, the, the big two and the other independent publishers and things like that. But, you know, there's a lot of great stuff going on from other publishers like No Brow and Drawn and Quarterly and Fanographics and things like that. And so, you know, I, we should we should do more of uh, uh, bringing that up to the to the surface. So, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Not saying we will, but we should. Not saying we will, but we should. Right. There you go. All right, so uh, so we polled uh, the audience, and we we always we're always encouraging you guys to get in touch and tell us what you want us to talk about. And uh, so uh, we went we went straight to Twitter, and uh, we're gonna skip emails this week, and and just uh, we got some we got some folks from Twitter who said I want you to talk about this. And so Josh, why don't you uh, tell, us what, tell us what Eric wants us to talk about? Eric or Hearthburger at Hearthburger. <laughs> Why are you guys so pessimistic about the new Marvel r- artist writer shuffle after the last one was a general success? And and we debated talking about this, and 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 uh, my response was uh, uh, after after the last one was a general success. Was it really? <laughs> was it really a general success? Well, that was two shifts ago, right? So that's pre pre Secret Wars. Yeah. Um. Yes, I mean, I was it? Ahead. Was it? Was it? Or did they just tell us it was a general success? Well, success. What does success mean? That's the right. question. Right. Uh, there were, were a lot of interesting things that came out of it for me as a reader for for quite a while, and those are all gone now. So I'm having a hard time remembering them. Right. I mean, like, okay, so what what came out of that? It was so we had Bendis on the on X Men, right? And I think that was generally, I, I, again, I, I really I don't pay any attention to sales or what anything's doing, but it made it through the whole way. I found that much better than I expected it to be, and I stuck with it pretty much the whole way through until the end when I got confused and I may have missed something. But I don't know the difference. Right. Um, okay, fair enough, and I agree. And, I, I think that was that was good as well. Yeah. No. I mean, uh, I, uh, I thought Remender's Uncanny Avengers. Right. was a huge highlight for me out of that. That was very good. Um, his Captain America, not as much. I wanted to like it more than I did. Right. Uh, uh, let's see. I stayed away from Avengers completely, so they did lose me on that. Well, so 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 we're going back to so this is we're talking about the Marvel now switch around, right? Yeah. So I mean, that's, um, that's, that's so lot, I actually right? pulled up the initial launch of all those books. All right. Okay. So so let's let's do this. Okay. So Uncanny Avengers, I agree with you. That was good. I enjoyed that. Um, A plus X. Mm. Didn't read it, but there's for me. I feel like there's always going to be sixty five percent of stuff I don't. I'm not yeah, true. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Deadpool by Jerry Duggan and Brian Posehn. Right, that was that, good. I read it the whole way through. That's, that's the longest I've ever read Deadpool. Really? Okay. Cool. Um, all right. Iron Man by Kieran Gillen and Greg Land. Didn't read it. Didn't read it. Uh, all new X Men we mentioned. Uh, Fantastic Four by Fraction and Bagley. We all know did not go as planned and led to the slot uh, all red Fantastic Four, which which Connor really liked. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Thor: God of Thunder by Aaron and uh, Isad Ribic. We we all enjoyed. Yeah. I, oh, yeah, that that was great. That and even its next, I, I enjoyed the next uh, con- versions of that because yeah. Jason Aaron's still on it. So yeah, uh, X Men Legacy. Nope, no. I didn't even read that. I didn't read a single issue of that. I think I even read the first yeah. one, but it wasn't my. It's not my thing. So yeah, not my thing. Um, no, I think I read the first one too, but it was yeah, and that didn't last very long. Uh, Remender's uh, Captain America, which I I really enjoyed. I did enjoy that. Yeah. Yep. Um, uh, Indestructible Hulk from Wade. That was uh, Ramita, wasn't it? The uh, yeah, that was the Captain America. That was, was that was Ramita. great Ramita yeah. for yep. a while. Yeah. I don't think a lot of people liked it. Yeah. No, a lot of people didn't like it. I thought it was great though. But yeah, yeah. Um, Indestructible Hulk from Wade, and then a variety of artists. That was the whole uh, uh, Hulk as a agent of Shield kind of thing. Read it for a while, yeah. dropped off, lost interest. Me too. Um, FF from Fraction and All Red. I I enjoyed this a lot, and that led to. Um, I'm sorry. I said earlier, slot and all red on uh, FF. I meant uh, uh, Silver Surfer. Yeah, um, yeah. That's but, the one Connor liked, and yeah. he didn't know when it ended. Yeah. <laughs> um, Avengers number one, which started off Hickman and and the whole where we're at now, and I so enjoyed, Opeña. That, the yeah, start. it was Opeña. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, the Red Thunderbolts with uh, Daniel Way and Steve Dillon didn't even. Didn't, nope, didn't last. Nope. Um, Avengers Arena. Remember Dennis Hobles and Kev Walker. I read that all the Fantastic. way through. That, that, that was, was great. Was yep. Um, not so good though was Dennis Hopeless and Salvador Larocca on Cable and X Force. Um, I wouldn't know. Yep. Uh, Morbius the Living Vampire. That that died in what uh, like five issues. So oh well. Uh, New Avengers uh, again. Hickman. You know that continued. Uh, that that's been good. I enjoyed that all the way through. 
Um, Uncanny X-Force, uh, Sam Humphreys and Ron Garney, um, I thought started out really strong and then kind of uh, it didn't last as long as I would have hoped. So yeah, I think that was one of those things where the Uncanny X-Force that had preceded it from Remender and, and the different artists they had in there was so good on its own that continuing it was a bad move. Yeah. Yep. They should have done something new Agreed. instead of trying to keep it going. Yep. Like with Moon Knight. Uh, Superior Spider-Man, which is the Dan Slott and Ryan Stegman, and that just continued the whole Spider-Man kind of thing, which I know Connor hated, but I have enjoyed Spider-Man all the way through to to date. So um, yeah, uh, but I feel like that was continued. That would that didn't really change that much in this. No, that um, was the Batman of the whole thing. Yeah, uh, Savage Wolverine from Frank Cho, which is a joke. Um, <laughs> Young Avengers by Gillen McKelvey, which was uh, indeed a fantastic run. That was really good. Um, Secret Adventures from Nick Spencer and Luke Ross, I did not read. Um, Nova, Jeff Loeb and McGinnis, I've been enjoying the, the Nova series that then got handed off to Duggan and continued on, and I, I, li- I like the new Nova, I love Nova, so that's fine. Um, and then the last one was Guardians of the Galaxy, Bendis and McNiven, which, did, have you no. stayed on Guardians or no? No, no, I lost, no, it, my whole thing, I really liked it when it was, like, a long time ago, right. uh, when it was, uh, Lanning and, uh, Abnett, who no longer work together, right. um, Anything, anything after that, the new I mean, the movie was fine, but right. the movie-fied versions of them, I'm not interested in. Yeah. So, so. yeah. So okay. So I'll, I'll take Pretty it back. Successful. I mean, that was mainly successful. I guess the problem was is that the time period between then and now it ha- has just been diminishing returns. You know, and that's why I'm pessimistic about it because mm-hmm. they did that shuffle and then they did it again and then they're doing it again. You know, like it just it's I I hate the the reuse and recycle cycle that 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 that, that both um, publishers have gotten into. You know, so I don't know. I, I just yeah, it's it's I, we're, I guess we're we're old and jaded. That's the that's the that's the main point. I, I don't know about jaded, but yeah. we've seen the cycles so many times. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it's going to be about the work. And if you're coming in with something interesting, for me, it's a, it's always going to be like, who is it and who are they working with? Right. You know, and are they going to do whether they're going to do an interesting thing? Like, I think if you took Warren Ellis and Declan Shalvey and you put them on anything that wasn't Moon Knight at that point, that thing would have been interesting. Right. So it's not so much that. And I mean, but they're trying to they're trying to sell to two different audiences when they do things like that. Yeah. There's the people who do care about the the creative team and they're probably less of them than the people who are like. Wait a minute! The Deadpool is going to drive around with Punisher. All right, right. So, you know, that's I, I like how you refer to it as the Deadpool. Yeah. So, hey, there right. you go. Um, so we got another uh, tweet suggestion from Craig the Robinson. It's at at Snarkoza, um, Snarkoza, uh, who wants to know: Are any of your first lo- uh, LCSs or com- local comic book stores still open? Uh, and I don't know if we've ever talked about our first comic book stores. We probably have. I'm sure point. we have. Yeah, but no, uh, I, so, Josh, what what was your first comic store experience? And is it Down still East, open? Downey's Comics on uh, Main Street in Brunswick, Maine, and is definitely not open. <laughs> uh, it uh, is not even. There's not even a comic shop in that town anymore. I don't think. Yeah. There was another one in the down. There's like just a sort of strip of Main Street there. There was another one called the Keep, that was open through my college years and then they moved to another location in the same town and it was not a good shop. Like I, I didn't look forward to going there. Right. Um, and I don't think there's anything there anymore. Yeah. But in the meantime, like there wasn't, there wasn't, there wasn't, there weren't comic shops around there for some reason that I remember as a kid, which is odd because I was right before the boom. Right. Um, but there's a great shop in Portland called Casablanca comics. Portland's about 20 minutes South of where I grew up. And it's like the city in Maine. Um, and they're pretty successful and it's a nice shop. It's like a good, like a good bookseller kind of deal. And, and they, there's a little community of new England, um, retailers basically. And they all sort of talk to and work with each other and, and do stuff. And, and, and they're sort of part of that along with double midnight, who's a shop uh, around here now. And, and, uh, Jetpack and Larry's and all those comics yeah. shops. Yeah, um, the, yeah. The new England contingent is strong. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. They really, it's definitely, I feel like they're very focused on a specific kind of customer. Right. Um, is that you? No, <laughs> no, not really. But it doesn't underserve me. I, I don't. I don't go. I don't need yeah. Um, I don't need to. I don't go to comic shops that often anymore because I don't really need to. Um, but uh, it doesn't fit in with my lifestyle. <laughs> yeah. But I, I definitely think that you know, the, like there's a there's a stronger regional. I don't know. There's a, it's even though that shop's not around anymore where I grew up. 
uh, like the scene now is so much better if you want to be a comic book person. So right, true. Yeah. It's all well. So yeah, my first comic shop was uh, Paper Moon Two. Right. It was uh, the, it, the stationery store. No, 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 no. That was the, the first place I bought comics was a okay. stationery store that was uh, called Aren't Stationery on Main Street in Northport, New York. Um, that is long gone. It's now a wine bar and, and like some sort of boutique or I don't know who knows. But um, but the actual first real comic book store was called uh, my first LCS, the first place I had a pull list or anything like that. It was called Paper Moon 2. Uh, it was on Larkfield Road in East Northport, New York on Long Island. And uh, it was the um, – it was the – like take a page out of the history book of comic book store in the early nineties, you know, uh, old gruff guy who smoked. So the whole place smelled like smoke, cardboard boxes full of comics everywhere, dust, you know, like not very well, you know, like really not a positive place, not a place you go to hang out. Um, lots of glass cases with baseball cards in them. Cause you know, it was 1990, 1991. So that was still a thing. Um, which I guess it's still a thing now too, but I don't, I don't know. I've, I've lost lost track with the baseball card world. We should we should listen to some baseball card podcasts. No, um, <laughs> it reminds me of the shop that I had near my home when I was in Astoria. Oh yeah, uh, not a good. Every once in a while, I'll mention that. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go after him now or anything. But every once in a while, I'll mention that shop, and somebody else will be like, "Oh, yeah. oh, that's a bad shop." Yeah, yeah. But uh, but it's but, very much like it's it's from the the 90s. Yeah, yeah. In Queens. So, um, yeah, but so anyway, so Paper Moon 2, uh, I have fond, fond memories, though, because uh, that, that the store also had a, uh, had a Guns N' Roses pinball machine, which, uh, which was my first pinball machine that I played on, which, which is now, you know, had a resurgence in my life. Um, very, so it was spent a lot of time there, despite the guy not really wanting us to spend time there. Uh, it changed ownership, like, right around 95 and a guy who was really into it, really enthusiastic and all this stuff, he bought it. And then he moved locations down the road. And it was going to be this whole, like, it was a great new store. And it was, it was going to be, like, you know, a shot in the arm. And comics were, like, kind of surging at that point. You know, it was, it was before the crash. And then I don't know what happened. I went to college. I came home, and he was out of business. And I, I assume it's got to be related to the, to the crash in some, in some capacity. Um, but uh, it, it never returned, and Northport never had a comic book store again. Do you know the? Did you know who the person was, or do you yeah, find anything I, I out about? Yeah, I don't remember his name, but I was a regular. I was uh, I was definitely one of those. Uh, I was one of those people mm-hmm. who who was always there. So yeah. But did you like like did you ever like find out what happened to them? No, no idea. No, it was a big mystery. No idea what happened. That's weird. Yeah, isn't it weird? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that closed and then I started shopping at fourth world comics on Long Island, which is, uh, in Smithtown on one, route One Eleven, And that is not only still in business, but they're thriving. It's Scott Snyder's local store. Uh, he lives, he lives, uh, nearby there and, and, uh, I've met him there several times and we've shopped there together. Um, that's a great store. If you're in, if you're in New York, uh, definitely check out fourth world. So there you go. Well, there you go. Cool. Do we have time for another one. Uh, not really. Okay. Yeah. So let's wrap up. Why do you want? Yeah, no, the, the only other one is a long one. So yeah, let's hold okay, off on that's that. Fine. So, that's um, fine. Cool. So if you have any questions or you want to hear us talk about a topic that you're interested in, you can uh, email us at contact.ifanboy.com or you can leave a voicemail at one eight 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 fanboys That's one 888 Or you could uh, reach out to us on Twitter at ifanboy um, and tell us who you are, where you're from. Try to keep it short on the email and as well as on the voicemails. Keep them to about 30 seconds. And of course, keep your tweets to about 140 characters. Uh, <laughs> so as we as we talked last week, uh, we launched a new podcast. It's called the Goodfellas Minute. Uh, Josh, we're two weeks in, and and are you having fun? Junior here. <laughs> it's been a, of it's course been a, I am. Yeah, it's been a blast. It's been great, and and the response has been awesome. And it seems like a whole bunch of you from uh, the iFanboy community have also started downloading it and listening to it. And we really appreciate that. Most um, of the anxiety that we had about being able to fill the time and talk about each minute, I think, is no longer a concern. No, now the concern is this show. This one? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, as you can see, we're barely prepared for this today. So. <laughs> no, it's just a bad week. So, it um, is. But anyway, so go, uh, so go to goodfellasminute.com, and there you can find all the links to subscribe there and check out the past 10 episodes. Get on board. It's a fun ride. We've got a lot of exciting stuff coming up. We've got some cool guests and things like that, so definitely check that out at goodfellasminute.com. There was Connor Kilpatrick. There was Ronnie Sideburns. <laughs> It was, it was Paul the Penaltier. Oh, and uh, Joshy Flangazy. Um, 
Listen, just because we have we have a new interest doesn't mean that we've forgotten about you. So you can still go to ifanboy.com. You can comment on this show. You can talk about the two books that you read this week uh, or, or maybe something that we should have read because you had time this week and you blew it, guys. Uh, and you can find all the other podcasts, video shows, and everything. Everything we've ever done at ifanboy.com is still there at ifanboy.com. And it is uh, not insignificant. You can follow us at facebook.com slash ifanboy or at ifanboy on Twitter. And you can follow us individually at J. Flanning and at C.L. Skilpatrick at, at RonXO. And uh, if you like the show, let people know. Uh, we appreciate everybody who's helped spread the word. You can go to iTunes and write a review, or you can tell your friends, tell your local comic store, tell anybody who's into comics, say, hey, I'm part of this cool thing called iFanboy, and you should be too, and tell them where to find it. Um, and we appreciate everybody who's done that. So that wraps up for this week. Uh, we look forward uh, to Connor returning, as well as uh, regularly released comic books. <laughs> <laughs> so we thank everybody for listening, and until next time, I'm Ron. And I'm Josh. <laughs>